Hello, Michelle Laurie here. It's no secret that Australia's property market is out of control these days, but I, for one, can't seem to stop following along. I've become a bit obsessed with it, to be honest. What's up, what's down, and who on earth is paying those prices for those houses? So I want to personally recommend a podcast for you. It's called Real Property. It'll keep you across the latest information on the Australian property market in a clear and easy-to-digest way. Real Property, building a community of more informed property buyers. Take a listen wherever you get your podcasts. If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. The producers of this podcast recognize the traditional owners of the land on which it's recorded. They pay respect to the Aboriginal elders past, present and those emerging. Anyone here happily married? It's unbelievable. I mean, it truly is unbelievable when looked at in the context of world history because the notion that we would be not only married but happily married is only roughly dates back to around the middle of the 18th century. Until then, you tolerated your partner for the sake of dynastic concerns and children. You did not expect to love them. A very new idea was born in the middle of the 18th century that historians call romanticism. Nowadays, we love romantically. We are all the heirs of romanticism. Romanticism tells us that all of us have a soulmate out there, and it's our task to identify the soulmate. When we meet the soulmate, we will feel a very special feeling uh, and a kind of instinctive attraction to this person, and we will know they are our destiny. We might be in a bar, in a nightclub, in a train. We will have that special feeling, and then we'll call up our friends, and we go, I've had that special feeling at last. That's terrific. And so everyone around us will have that special feeling, and then they'll get married and have children. And if you don't have the special feeling, you get very worried. You go on Tinder, Match.com, and you're always waiting for the special feeling, special feeling to come along until the soulmate comes along. And um, the, the good thing about finding a soulmate, when we eventually find the soulmate, we will never be lonely again. All of us, everything that we are will be perfectly understood by another human being. It will mean the definitive end of any sense of alienation or loneliness. All our feelings, our hopes will be confirmed. So it's really terrific news. A couple of years ago, I had the opportunity to talk to the author of one of my favourite books. He's British philosopher Alain de Botton, and the book is The Course of Love. It's a profoundly moving novel that tracks the course of a relationship from its exciting inception through marriage, children, and all the pressures that accompany the long, hard slog of maintaining a relationship long-term. Alongside the narrative, Alain provides the philosophical and historical context that explains just how and why what we're all trying to do is so very difficult. 
I'm Michelle Laurie, and this is Calm Your Farm. Tips for taking care of you from the unlikeliest of gurus. As a modern-day philosopher, Alain de Botton has written on a broad range of topics and founded the School of Life, which has premises in 11 major cities around the world, including Melbourne. It's dedicated to offering emotional education on work-life issues. But he's drawn often to the topic of relationships and love. So after all the thought he's put into it, what advice does Alain de Botton have in that area for calming your farm? I think women do reflect more upon you know their emotional experience. There are guys who reflect as well. And frankly, by a certain age, I think young men don't and young women do. But like by the time you've reached a certain age, like everybody's on the thinking business because it's so damn hard. Look, it's easy to catastrophize. I mean, look, the human race is, you know, all of us have got to die. We don't know when it's going to happen. It could happen any minute. The people we love are going to die. No wonder we're a little on edge. You know, it's like this is really scary. People who are, you know, depressed or have panic attacks. I'm like, I'm with you. You guys are realizing things about, you know, life that most yeah. of us just managed to put a dampener on. Love is the opposite of death. Love is connection, understanding, warmth, communion, etc. And death sweeps all that away. And I think it's, it's when death is vivid. You know, the best sex is in graveyards, um, the best, uh, is it? Uh, in my experience. Um, and, and, you know, it's, it's when you're coming close, when, you, when you're aware of the fragility of everything. You want, you need someone, you need to cling to them. Um, that's where it really makes sense. You know, you're, you're huddling with another human being in a dangerous world. Somebody is reliable. And, and, of course, this is the great problem because, you know, most adults are not reliable. Not because they're mean, but because they've got a lot going on in their lives. Sometimes we long for almost like a childhood reliability. Not necessarily that our childhoods were reliable, but maybe it seemed that way when we were very, very small and our needs were so simple. And as adults, we sometimes long for a return to that just simplicity that um, seems so missing in, in adult life. And when I meet young couples and she's pregnant and I can't, you know, and they're saying, oh, we're so loved up and it's so exciting when the baby comes. I can't help always but be a little bit scared for them. Mm -hmm. I just, I know what a baby does to a relationship and it's trouble. Because, you know, one's very anxious for the survival of this small, fragile creature. And there can be a lot of conflicting ideas about, you know, how to bring up the child. Um, and, and these ideas are deeply rooted and they're very loving. It's like you want the best for the child, but what is the best? And it evokes all sorts of childhood feelings and all the rest of it. So, yes, it's, it's really complicated. Look, I don't think that we need life to be perfect, but we need to have budgeted for the difficulty. And I think that often our society doesn't help us to budget correctly. It doesn't say this is going to be very hard. You know, if you're building an electric car, you know it's going to take you 20 years and cost you an enormous amount of money and you're going to have to take it slowly and not panic if it doesn't go right on the first day. When you're trying to run a relationship, it's like, oh, it should be easy. You know, it's like, oh, it's just a lovely feeling. And, uh, you know, I say in the book that love is ultimately a skill. It needs to be learned. It needs to be worked at. We need help from our background culture. You know, it really matters what's on TV, what films we're watching, what books we're reading. It, this isn't just like some trivial cultural add-on. It, it will literally affect how we interpret what's going on in the bedroom. Two people can be in bed and, I don't know, there's been an argument or no sex or something like this. And how seriously the couple takes this is really dependent on, let's say, what film they've seen. If they've recently seen a film where a couple was just always very tender and it was such fun and it was so so nice, you know, they'll look at their lives and go, I don't know. But if they've just seen a really intelligent film like Richard Linklater's Before Midnight, 
beautiful portrayal of an adult relationship in all its stresses. And that shows a couple who love, but they also hate. They can't bear each other, but they, and they throw things at each other. But all the time they come back to a fundamental desire to try and love each other. And that's the sort of film to give each other courage. And we need more of that kind of thing. And when I was writing the book, I, I wanted it to be both very dark and also very tender. And I didn't want either side to predominate. I wanted to feel that you've got, you're looking at a couple that love one another. They really do love one. They respect one another. They love one another. But they call each other shits and worse. And they humiliate each other. And out of fear, they do horrible things. Um, because that's what couples do. Love is frightening. Love exposes you. It's removing all your skin. And when you're so exposed in front of another human being, the terror, I think, leads to some really bad behavior. Yeah, we don't know enough about it. I think a lot of the time what we're trying to do with our partners is teach them things, teach them things that we feel about them, about life, etc. But many arguments, in fact, most arguments are really failed moments of teaching. They're moments when you were trying to get something across and it spun out of control and it descended into a bitter fight. But at the heart of it, you were trying to say something. And I think that in many relationships, we end up really terrible teachers and really terrible, in inverted commas, students. For a start, we don't even accept that our partner should ever have anything to teach us. Well, sometimes we kind of cross our arms and go, who are you to tell me like how to live or what I should be, etc. And the truth is that when you're with a partner and you're living with them so close up, of course you've got things to teach them. And of course they've got things to teach you. But we can be so defensive and be so panicked. You know, a good teacher doesn't really, can, can be relaxed because... They kind of they don't care so much about the outcome of their lesson. They're like, well, I'm going to try and teach the kids trigonometry. If they get it, they get it. If not, they don't. Um, but when we're in love's classroom, we are in panic because the background thought is, I've married an idiot. <laughs> I've married someone who doesn't understand anything I'm trying to tell them. If yeah. they don't understand this point, my life's ruined. Yeah. And this winds us up so much that we end up trying to humiliate them and swearing at them and saying bad things. And of course, the moment that you humiliated somebody, you're not going to get anywhere trying to teach them anything. No one's ever learned anything under conditions of belittlement. That's not the way. You need to wrap it in honey and then, you know, slowly, slowly get it across. But but love very often ends up with a situation where you're trying to teach someone something. They, meanwhile, cross their arm going, you're not my dad or something. I'm not going to learn from you. And then it just ends up descending into nagging and shirking the lesson and no one's listening and like, both sides have got actually quite interesting things to tell one another, but both sides have ceased to listen. Two very common dynamics in relationships, well, anxious and avoidant. Well, one of the things that's scariest in, in a relationship is to say, I need you. I, you know, I, I love you and I need you. And very often, because it's so scary, we don't say it directly. We do these kind of proxy things. And one of the classic things when you need someone is to pretend you don't need them mm. and to get what's called, what psychologists call avoidant. So, um, you know, typical kind of avoidant behavior would be you come home, your partner says, hi, and you go, hi. And you really want to see them, but you're afraid they don't want to see you. So rather than kind of live with the possibility that there's something potentially a bit unbalanced and humiliating, you get straight in there and you go, well, I don't need you. And in fact, I'm going away this weekend and I'll see you in five days. And, you know, you try and get in with your defense. You're very defensive. You avoid, you avoid ever making yourself vulnerable. So you seem pretty tough. You mm -hmm. seem like the one who doesn't care. But actually, deep down, you do care a lot. But caring seems so emotionally expensive to you. You don't dare to go there. I don't know, you know, most of life, we've got to walk through life so defended. We've got to have our armor on because out there it's tough. 
And then relationships require us to do that really weird thing, which is to take the armor off and make ourselves vulnerable before another human being. And, and a lot of us just can't manage it. It's just like, we, we don't know how to do it. So we just stay playing tough. Mm. And we don't say, I need you. You've hurt me. Um, I'm feeling small. I'm worried you don't need me, etc. We don't say all of that. And we just get aggressive. And then, of course, it spirals out of control because our partner then starts to respond to our aggression and starts to call us mean. And then we get even meaner back. And before you know it, you know, the original starting point, which is, I need you, has been totally lost. And it just looks like two people are being horrible, but they're not. They just don't know how to handle their need. The other way of behaving sometimes is, is, is what psychologists call the anxious pattern of behavior, which we'd more colloquially call controlling. You feel like your partner is kind of not there or is like running away or somehow not present. And rather than going, where are you? I, I, I need to make a connection with you. You start to say things like, you must be back by nine o'clock. Please take out the bins. I told you already. Or you start to get very sort of managerial and strict. And the other person thinks, oh, God, you're not my mum. I mean, it, it sounds kind of stiff and, and, and awkward when, again, really something very poignant and, and you know, tender is, is going on. We, we need a machine. We need a machine to translate what we say. You know, we're talking all the time about how great our phones are. The ideal piece of technology we would need is a machine that decodes how we speak to one another. So it would say, your partner's just just said that, you know, you're ugly and mean. But really what they mean is dot, dot, dot. Or your partner's just said, I don't want to see you for a whole week. But really that means dot, dot, dot. And, and a kind of generous interpretation. Things move so fast in relationships. We miss these things. And, you know, you, you can spend an hour analyzing a minute of how someone spoke to someone. But we get very excited. We get very aggressive against one another. I'm a great fan of therapy sometimes when it works because it can slow a couple down. Put a couple in a room where you, you have to say, like, put down your weapons, put down the guns. It's like, we're going to examine it closely. Like, you've had your say, now over to you. And it's quite simple, really. Mm. It's just making sure everyone gets to express what they feel we we're generally scared i don't think we're bad we're not mean we're or if we are mean it's because we're anxious but but after a while it can you can end up getting very low self-esteem am i ever going to make anyone else happy can i make myself happy and somebody else happy that's a that's a tunnel of thoughts that you need to try and back out of for more tips on taking care of you from the unlikeliest of gurus including recipes for relaxing body products you can make at home, things to read and watch instead of scrolling through your phone, cheap, cheerful and calming gift ideas, go to calmyourfarm.com.au. We'd love to hear your ideas too. This has been another Smartfella production in conjunction with the Acast Creator Network.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at uh1.com.